Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Uh, We're in Torah study number 45 today uh, in Deuteronomy 3. And uh, uh, here God gives us the revelation of the Shema. And so today I wanted to dig into that a little bit. The revelation of the Shema and hearing the voice of God. And uh, it should be a good one, we pray. Amen. And so uh, because the Shema is like the number one prayer in all of Judaism in all of the Old Testament, uh, this is one of the most important Torah studies we have uh, in uh, the five books of Moses. And uh, as you go through the chapters, it's from Deuteronomy 3 through Deuteronomy 7, uh, Moses carries on his history lesson uh, to Israel as they're about ready to go, go into the promised land. And he challenges the people to remember history and especially remember those things that got you all messed up and where you had to spend 40 years in the wilderness and miss the promised land for 40 years. So be aware of those mistakes so history doesn't repeat itself. And, uh, and so... Uh, here we are uh, teaching on the Shema today. It's probably what you could consider the icing on the cake of all the teaching. The cherry on top of the Dairy Queen uh, banana splitter Sunday. Uh, yum, yum, yum. There you go. I, I stick to vanilla cones uh, these days, but uh, it does sound good. So uh, the Shema, Israel's greatest prayer, is found in Deuteronomy 6. And in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, this is where you get, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you've heard it uh, perhaps in Hebrew, Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, Shema Israel. And uh, this is that main prayer. It's considered the main declaration of faith to the Jewish community. It's like their born-again prayer, right? It's uh, their founding document uh, for all Jews, kind of like the U.S. Constitution is the founding document for Americans. The Shema uh, is for the Jews. It's like the Pledge of Allegiance. And uh, it's, it's basically it's, uh, when we're reaffirming, reestablishing that I am accepting the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as the one true God. It's like the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Uh, and it's the most powerful prayer of commitment that a, a, a person can make. And so, uh, uh, as you say the Shema, this backstory that we're going over, it's like saying, you know what, Lord? 
I am faithful to you. I'm faithful to the word, the Torah. I'm faithful to Israel. I'm faithful to all the principles and values and commandments that you've given me in the Bible. And uh, whether you be uh, in Judaism or in Christianity, thank God we can hang our hat on the Shema and things like this, right? Amen. So, uh, for Jews, they recite the Shema in the morning and then in, in the evening. And this fulfills the commandment in Deuteronomy 6-7 that when you lie down and when you rise up, speak this over your life. And uh, I don't know if you have one. I've got a, a, a Siddur, a Jewish prayer book, and it's just an amazing thing to go through uh, at different times for the holidays. There's special prayers, and for Shabbat, there's special prayers. And it's, uh, it's neat to read that uh, just to see uh, part of our uh, biblical history. And uh, the Siddur, the Jewish prayer book, says, Fortunate? Are we, how great is our portion, how precious our heritage, uh, that we rise up early and stay up at night, morning and evening, proclaiming the Shema. Hallelujah. Now, uh, this is all kind of the educational part, but uh, look, the Shema actually consists of three main verses and the first one is in Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9 I'm not going to read all of that for the sake of time but uh, it says it begins hear O Israel the Lord is our God the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your might and then it goes on from there but there's two other scriptures that uh, comprise the complete Shema, the second one, in Deuteronomy 11. And in Deuteronomy 11, uh, verses 13 to 21, uh, it's repeated, but there is a slight difference that is pointed out by the rabbis uh, from what we read in Deuteronomy 6. In Deuteronomy 6, it's God speaking to the individual. But in Deuteronomy 11, it's God speaking to the nation. And so what's happening here is that this declaration, this pledge of allegiance, this founding document, this central prayer in all of Judaism is linked not only to the individual, but to the nation. And uh, as we know, uh, any nation who serves the Lord and has the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the center of their founding documents is going to be inherently blessed. It's true for the individual. It's true for the nation. Amen. Amen. So uh, this is the second part of the Shema. And then the third part is in Numbers 15. And in Numbers 15, 37 to 41, uh, they brought 
in the section that speaks about the mitzvah, the commandment, to wear the zitzits. And the zitzits are the fringes of the garment, the Hebrew prayer shawl, the tallit. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a reminder in the zitzits in that uh, the strings uh, and the knots all add up to 613 uh, knots and strings, and they do the math on that. But the 613 represents the commandments of God, the Word of God. And we remember in the New Testament when the woman with the issue of blood uh, pressed through the crowd and Jesus said, Who touched me? Uh, And she's kept saying, If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. And so what the imagery is, the illustration is, is that Jesus is connecting our prayers to the promises of God that are represented by those fringes on the garment. And, uh, and so all three form the Shema. And uh, it, it's the Shema. And uh, how many of you uh, have a mezuzah? mounted in your house uh the the case that you see that's not the mezuzah it's the scroll on the inside and the scroll on the inside has all three of these scriptures written in them and so you're mounting the word of god on the doorpost of your house so every time you come in every time you go out you're blessed in your coming you're blessed in your going and you're reminded that the lord god almighty the guardian of israel the guardian of the sheep of his pasture is watching over us and every promise is yes and amen the Shema. And so, uh, how many of you have ever heard of the phylacteries, the tefillin? Uh, uh, you'll go down, for instance, to the Western Wall. That may be the closest we ever get to observant Jews actually praying prayers. Because most of us don't go to a synagogue to do that. But they wrap a tefillin around their right arm and then around the, their forehead. Inside the little leather box, guess what's inside the leather? Is the, uh, the Shema. All these scriptures are written there. And so this is uh, the part of the backstory of uh, what's going on there and why the Shema is uh, so important, and especially to the Jew. It hadn't been that important to Christians. We're not taught about that in Christianity, but uh, we know the principles surrounding that in that when you come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your pledge of allegiance to the Lamb uh, is basically saying, Father, There's no other God but you. And in you, I am making a commitment to live my life surrendered and yielded to you first and foremost in my life. Well, that's the the whole concept of the Shema. That's that declaration. 
And uh, so at its core, uh, the Shema reminds us that uh, not only is God the one true God, but it's also basically admitting that without God there is no life at all. Amen. How many of you believe that today? I, I uh, was reminded of the scripture in Acts 17, 28. We used to sing the song back in the 80s. Uh, uh, in him we live and move and have our being. That's fundamental to a Christian, right? And to a Jew. That uh, without God, there's nothing. How many of you lived your life without God, without Jesus Christ, without a revelation of what we're talking about, and found that, you know what, it wasn't too pretty. (laughs) This is your life before Christ. This is your life with Christ. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, like a fried egg. So... As believers, our number one priority is to know Him and make Him the center of everything. And that's a full-time job because there's a lot of stuff going on out there and a lot of things will draw you, pull you, distract you and pretty soon you find that your, uh, uh, your priorities are out of whack. You've, you're majoring in minors instead of majoring in majors. Let's put God, seek ye first. And then everything else will work out. So when God gave Moses the Shema, it became the greatest of all commandments. Amen? And that's, we read that. Uh, Hear, O Israel. Listen up, Israel. Shema Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Amen. So God's connecting that declaration of faith with the number one commandment, love God. Amen. And uh, it's interesting when you dig into, well, what is he with all your heart, soul, and strength? With all your heart means with all your desire, with all the passion, with all the yearning, with all the hopes, with all your aspirations. All of that should be God-centered. Amen. And I'm checking in with God. God not only is my co-pilot, he is the pilot. (laughs) Okay. Then with all your soul is all your thoughts. With all your will, with all your intellect, with all your reasoning. uh, uh, All of that is bound up in serving God. And then with all your strength, that points to all your resources. Right? All your money. This is where tithes and offerings, repairing a broken world, tikkun olam comes in. Because we rather have uh, 90% with the blessing of God than 100% without it. How many of you believe that? Amen. Amen. And so what, what's so interesting uh, is that what, Moses, what God gave Moses, Jesus reiterates in Mark 12, 28. And I uh, encourage you to go over there and mark your Bible because here 
is where uh, one of the Jewish scholars comes to Jesus and is basically asking Jesus, Jesus, uh, what is the basic principle, the foundation on which all the Torah stands? Can you explain that? And Jesus answered him, and he said, The first of all the commandments, in verse 29, is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. So here Jesus actually quotes the Shema, New Testament. Mark chapter 12, verse 29. So if Jesus is quoting the Shema and identifying that as the first and greatest of all commandments, there's got to be something to this, right? There's got to be some revelation, and yet why hasn't the church taught us this? By and large, it's we don't want to get too Jewish, (laughs) right? But uh, newsflash. Our boss is more than a Jewish carpenter. (laughs) He's a Jewish Orthodox rabbi. (laughs) And he knew, and we should know, Shema Israel. Amen. And then he goes on and says, You'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor As yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So notice what's going on here. Jesus is enlarging the revelation of the Shema. Moses gave part one. And then we went through those three scriptures. And now Yeshua comes in. The son of God. And he says. Yeah and the second one. Love your neighbor is like the first, this represents the greatest. There are no other commandments greater than these. Loving God and loving your neighbor. And so thanks be to God that this is our creed. But notice that God wants to turn our creed into a deed. This is where Christians get hung up. You know, we can recite creeds, But do we have the revelation on what it's meant to be? How are we supposed to be inspired and motivated by the creed? And God says, just don't hear this thing. Figure out how to put it into action. Love is a verb. Loving God, loving people, love is a verb. It's an action word. And therefore, God is saying, let's go ahead and put some feet to our ideas. Let's learn how to be a blessing. Let's start at home. Husbands and wives, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, children, obeying your parents in the Lord. (laughs) Had to throw that in. (laughs) Amen? So... Uh, the Shema, when you go deeper into the teaching on the Shema, the word Shema means to hear or listen. Shema Israel, hear, O Israel, listen up, child of God. And uh, when you uh, go into, like, your Strong's Concordance, you can count. 
the lines are so small you need a magnifying glass to you know sometimes see what's in your strong skin but 92 times in the book of Deuteronomy Moses uses the word shema listen Israel Listen to what I'm telling you. are about ready to go into the land of promise. Don't blow it. Listen up. Learn your lessons. Amen. And so he says, hear, O Israel. Listen, Israel. And when you get into the Strong's, you find the definition under the word obey. This is an odd thing an unusual thing is the word shema is uh the word obey it means obey and so uh the expanded definition is the shema is meant to be obeyed and when you listen Israel when you listen child of God when you hear what the Lord is saying I want you to hear with intelligence there's times we need blind faith but God gives us brains not to waste on just the but to use that intelligence uh, that gray matter to figure things out with the help of the Holy Spirit and make the right choices. Amen. So the expanded definition to hear intelligently, to pay attention, to discern. Boy, we need today as we go into the last days and we see the birth pangs and uh, you see you won't be able to buy or sell without the vaccine. I mean, with... uh, All of a sudden, you're realizing, man, I need discernment. I need the mind of Christ. I need the wisdom of God on how to direct and obey and how to do things God's way. God, give me that intelligence. Give me that that discernment. It, It means give an ear to. Help me incline my ear to what the Spirit of God is saying, what the Word of God is saying, so I can perceive. I can understand things at a higher level. So God is saying to Israel, hear what I am saying intelligently with discernment and perception so you'll understand the covenant relationship that you've entered into with me. You know, we were ministering to one uh, family one time and uh, explaining a lot of things and uh, uh, the wife said, I got Jesus, that's all I want to know. Well, I got Jesus too. <laughs> but God didn't just want you to check your brains at the door and that that's the revelation? That's all you got? Well, what does that mean as you start studying that out? What is the scope and sequence, the depth? the height, the width, and the breadth of what that statement needs. That's why we need to study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing things. So there's a covenant. And God wants us to understand that commitment to the covenant and what it entails, what the blessings and benefits are, so that you'll better understand how to serve the Lord. Well, I'm under grace. There's nothing I have to do. Well, if you're dying at 5 o'clock, I agree. 
just love the Lord until five and then go on to be with the Lord in glory. But if you're planning on living until Jesus comes, that could be this year, it could be in five years, it could be in ten. We don't know when the Lord may come. But if you're going to be living a prosperous, abundant, and blessed life, there's things you have to do. There's principles you have to learn to apply. Come on, somebody. And it's all wrapped up in those 613 little fringes. Amen. And how to apply those at the right moment of my life, the more we get good at that, the easier life can be. So there's a hundred and one, a thousand and one lessons to learn. If you listen up, if you pay attention, if you hear intelligently with discernment, if you don't, you're going to miss out on some important teaching. Amen. So, uh, one of my favorite rabbis is the late, great rabbi Jonathan Sachs, and he wrote an essay called The Meaning of the Shema. And he says, in Judaism, faith is a form of listening. Hello? You need this? Oh my gosh. I'm listening. Shema Israel does not mean just hero Israel. It means something like listen, concentrate, give the word of God your most focused attention, strive to understand, Rabbi Sack. Engage all your faculties, your intellectual and emotional faculties. Make His will your will. And whatever He commands you to do is not irrational or arbitrary or random, but it's for your welfare. And it's for the welfare of the people of your nation and ultimately for all of humanity. And so this is why people fight one nation under God. We want to be, uh, the, the secular wants to be one nation under government. But Israel was founded, America, one nation under God, and that's why we're under this incredible end time assault. And we're seeing, my gosh! Could this be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah as in the days of Noah? God, let me perceive, let me understand, let me have intellectual and spiritual discernment so I rightly define what's going on and I don't find myself left out or left behind. So, it's more than just listening to your heart. Because your heart can lie. Right, Unless it's saturated with the Word of God. And even then, it can be a little bit dicey. You could mistakenly be walking in feelings and not faith. In attitudes. Preconceived notions that are driving decision making. And one of the best ways to understand 
am I in faith or am I in feelings? Is am I keep walking around the same mountain all the, do the same problems keep cropping up again and again there's a lesson there a principle there that probably isn't been learned the principle probably isn't being applied and once you listen shma israel shma believer shma new beginnings family member once i get the right principle applied then the obstacle, the challenge, is probably going to all of a sudden diminish. This is Romans 10.17. Who remembers Romans 10.17? Faith proceeds from hearing. Come on, shma. Faith proceeds from hearing. As we listen to the message about God's anointed. That's out of the voice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and listening perceptively. With intelligence, with discernment, perceiving, understanding, paying full attention to everything that God is saying. Amen. Now all of a sudden, that's where people, you know what, I'm just wanting to go somewhere where I come in, I got my spiritual time card, I just punch my clock, I just sit in the back, I remain anonymous, no commitments, no strings attached, no responsibilities, I don't want to know no one, I don't want to say nothing, I don't want to be involved with nothing, I just want to sit there and be religious. And people wonder why they keep going around the same mountain again and again and again, because that's not the way God set it up. It's a violation of the principles of God. True listening in a biblical sense requires us to open up ourselves to hearing what God is saying. God's heart wants to touch your heart. And that's where transformation happens. Praise God. That's how you build a reservoir of wisdom and faith. We're listening to what God says. Amen. And then we're doing it. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. John 10, 27, my sheep know my voice. His voice is first and foremost his word, right? Your B-I-B-L-E is the living word of God. Jesus is the living word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the living word. His word is alive and full of power. And it can slice through all the noise and get you to the solution so much quicker. Amen? But without the word of God, we can't distinguish between what God is saying and what our feelings and emotions are saying. And that's where Christians get into trouble. They end up listening to the wrong voice, and they end up making the wrong choice. We think it's the Lord. Well, I thought it was the Lord. We'll get into this in just a minute, a solution to that. And as we mentioned in early morning prayer, uh, 
God came to Elijah after Elijah went through a, a, a huge battle with the prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth, with Ahab and Jezebel, and he uh, went to a uh, remote location, to a mountain. Some say it was Mount Sinai. <clears throat> uh, and he told Elijah, you stand on the mountain. And then in his presence... Uh, God said, I'm going to come to you. But God said, I'm not coming to you in the rushing wind. I'm not coming to you in the earthquake. I'm not coming to you with a pillar of fire, but I'm coming to you in a still, small voice. A gentle whisper, as it were. And so, sometimes we need to quiet ourselves. Amen? And let that still, small voice be the voice that we lean on. As I had mentioned early on, uh, uh, when I first wake up in the morning in that place between being asleep and being awake, oftentimes that's when I hear the still, small voice and God uh, tells me something that my mind has been working on, a decision that I need to make, a direction I need to take. And I wake up and bam, there it is. If that happens to you, don't lose that. It's a valuable moment. And uh, we also, even in the shower, your personal mikvah, that water pouring down, that it, it, in the physical it represents, you know, but it's living water, spiritual water that brings a cleansing. It cleanses your filter so you can hear that voice of God. And how many of you know it, that it's at those moments, and man, I get a lot of good ideas in the shower. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Amen. So uh, some time ago, I, uh, several years ago, I came across an article on CBN's website, Seven Keys to Hearing God's Voice. And these are principles. They're just the foundations of how this stuff works. And... Uh, They teach us how to hear and know the voice of God uh, and leave us with the question, are we listening? That's the big question. Are we listening? Are we listening with intelligence? Are we listening with discernment? Are we listening with an ear and an eye of faith? But just like the Shema, if we apply these principles, they're a foundation for a successful life. And I need more success in my life, and I know you want that too. So let's go through in the uh, next few minutes as we head to the finish line, seven keys to hearing God's voice. Number one, we've touched on it. Listen to God's word. Can't improve on that one. (laughs) You, you, You need God's word. Why? Because another 3.16 verse, 2 Timothy 3.16, says every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Amen. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the paths 
of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature, perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Wow. As Brandon Reed's dad, the late, great Larry Reed, once said, that's a heavy one, brother. (laughs) But this is the key to it all. Listening to the Word of God. Without God's Word, you can't know His voice or His will. And so the question is, are we listening? Are we learning from the Word of God? Number two, listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, and He will show you things to come. That's that still small voice when you just pop up in the morning or when you least expect it. That still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking words of wisdom, let it be. So number three, listen to the prophetic word. God gives words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He gives personal prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit and don't scorn prophecy. But be faithful to examine prophecy by putting it to the test and afterwards hold tightly to what has proven to be right. That's the Passion Translation. So God uh, will use... Uh, pastors, leaders, friends, even strangers to speak a word of prophecy, of faith, of guidance, and direction over your life. It's a word in due season that can suddenly turn your life upside down. Out of the clear blue, bam! And now, all of a sudden, things are settled, things are clear, I understand what i got to do, and you go about your business doing that. Now, uh, with that said, also be in the habit of (laughs) cross-checking. Hey, Pastor Scott, hey, prayer partner, hey, life group leader, hey, uh, experienced believer that lives by faith and has proven results in their life. Do you think that this makes sense to you? Do you think this is the, the word of the Lord? Help me understand this. Why? Because the Bible says Satan can appear as an angel of light. And you want to make sure that you're not bamboozled in a way that uh, gets you off track. Well, I thought, well, there's a way that seems right, but it's wrong, Proverbs says. Amen. Are we doing okay? I'm giving you a lot here, but amen. That's why you came. Number four, listen to godly counsel. This is what we're just talking about. Proverbs 11.14 says, without wise guidance... A nation falls. But victory is certain when there are plenty of wise counselors. Amen. I don't necessarily want to get a word on prosperity to a guy that's driving a beater. If you know what I mean. 
so wise counselors is the uh, key phrase there. And the good news is God has a unique support system that he's designed. A lot of it revolves around the church, but Christian television can help, your own personal commitment to the word and prayer. Uh, but notice the, the promise, victory, blessing, and breakthroughs are certain when you ask wise counselors for their input and then act on it. Amen? Oftentimes, pastors don't hear about things until you get the bad news. Because people make decisions, big decisions, and they do that on their own, and then when they realize, oh no, I took a wrong turn, that's what, ah, how did I miss God? Then that's when we get the phone call. We usually don't get the phone call before. Hey, Pastor, uh, look, this guy said if I buy this property in uh, uh, the swampland of Florida, it's going to quadruple in price overnight all I have to do is send him five thousand dollars we don't hear that part we just hear somebody ripped me off for five thousand dollars I'm the kind of guy that wants to uh, learn before the experience I'm trying to avoid having a bunch of bad experience, so I don't mind. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do, God, what do you think? And hopefully I can avoid a lot of landmines. Hopefully you can avoid a lot of landmines too. So listen to godly counsel. Number five, listen for confirmation. Hero, New Beginnings family member, listen for confirmation. Mark 16.10 says, God confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. So being perceptive, seeing the signs. Sometimes the signs uh, can be confusing. Just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. It means the devil's fighting you. But other times you're going through a hard time because God doesn't want you to do that. How do I know the difference? I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Ask wise counselors. And I need to look for the signs. Are they confirming signs? Ah, that's an open door. And look at all the signs that are adding up to, I'm heading in the right direction. And so a lot of times you could be in praise and worship this morning. And you're entering in. I mean, you're entering in. You're just not reading the words and just, you know, giving the proverbial, uh, you know, hand, you know. No, you're, I'm seeking God through praise. And, and in those moments, all of a sudden, that still small voice, that confirming word will come to you and you'll know what it is I have to. Now, what, what do I got to, now I just got to do it. And sometimes that's the hard part, is the doing it, <laughs> right? So, moral of story, keep your spiritual... You got your spiritual ears on, good buddy? Breaker, breaker, one-nine. <laughs> Number six, listen for the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 
the peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. That's the good news testament translation. The peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. So you're making a big decision. Oh, this guy proposed to me. Oh, they came with an investment, a motorized surfboard. <laughs> I just have to send it to a P.O. box. I got to send $1,000 to a P.O. box. <laughs> the peace that Christ gives is to guide you. So do you have a peace? The peace of God can serve like as an umpire. God's peace is what calls the balls and strikes, right? You're going to know whether you're on target or off base by the peace of God. Man, I just can't get the peace of God on this. Why Why am I not pulling the trigger on this deal, Lord? This guy said, I'll do it for $4,500. Well, why haven't you jumped on it since that's such a good... What's whole, is it uh, paralysis by analysis? Or is God, will God not give you the peace because if you make that decision, you're going to blow $4,500? Okay, so this is why Shema Israel. Pay attention. Listen with intelligence. Let the spirit of discernment, let God's perceiving spirit be on you. Let you have the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God. You can see beyond all the con artists, all the deceptions, all the issues, and you can see what God wants you to see. So you're walking the path of blessing. Amen. 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 And number seven, our last one, and then we'll close. Listen for divine timing. All right? You've heard it said a hundred times, God's uh, delay is not God's denial. Proverbs 3 says in verse 5, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. The Message Bible. And so there's a divine timing. And so sometimes, I I try to remember this uh, when uh, um, I'm driving somewhere and... uh, I just get this premonition. I need to go this route today. And sometimes, you know, I don't know what would have happened if I kept going down that route, but I go a different way to get to the same place. Maybe I avoided gridlock. How many people could avoid some gridlock in their lives if they just spent a little more time with the still small voice of God listening? with discernment, with sensitivity, with intelligence. Amen? How, how many people want that kind of lifestyle? I know I do. So the good news is, is that you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to listen, if you didn't want to obey. You're here because you want more of God. If you're listening on the podcast or the CD, that goes for you too. So let's close in prayer together. And uh, thank God for his anointing. Father, thank you for this word on the Shema. 
Thank you for giving us a listening word. Thank you, Lord, that you help us to see beyond the natural. Father, thank you. You help us uh, uh, listen with intelligence, with perception, and give us the understanding on how to make the right decisions for our life, which way to go, which way to turn, what to do, what not to do. We claim the mind of God, the mind of Christ in all decision-making so that everything we do is the will of God, the good, accepted acceptable and perfect will of God. And we thank you for it.